This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's good? Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am your host, Blair Angulo. Thanks for tuning in. It is Tuesday, July 27th, and over the last few days, there's been a ton of activity on the commitment front. A couple top-tier running backs announced their decisions on CBS Sports HQ. Amari and Hampton staying in-state, committing to North Carolina. We had Mississippi four-star running back Branson Robinson committing to Georgia. We also had Danny Denton-Sutton, a four-star defensive lineman announcing his decision to commit to Penn State. The Nittany Lions on a nice little run. Virginia four-star linebacker Sean Murphy is headed to Alabama. And four-star wide receiver Antonio Gates Jr. just announced his decision to Michigan State earlier this week. You can find all that coverage on the pledges and many more over at 247sports.com. But on this episode, we've got to tackle the big elephant in the room, Texas, Oklahoma, both of those schools inching ever closer to joining the SEC. And I'm joined by 24-7 Sports National College Football writer Chris Hummer to discuss that from a recruiting perspective. Chris, how are we doing? Well, I'm doing good, Blair. I just I just found out that Antonio Gates' son is uh, in the 2022 class. So that isn't kind of that away. crazy? Like there there are players that. I remember seeing as rookies or even in college that now have college age children that are also being recruited. I mean, that like it just every year, it just I keep getting older and older and it's not fun. <laughs> I feel that Frank Gore's son being active in college football at the same time, Frank Gore is still in the NFL, still the thing that blows me away the most. But yeah, these people reminding me that I'm getting a, a year older every year is just not nice. Like, I wish these kids would just stop. Yeah, Michigan State getting a big commitment, four star wide receiver Antonio Gates Jr. announcing for the Spartans. A nice little class for Mel Tucker in his true first recruiting cycle. I mean, we always wondered what it would be like for some of these coaches once they were able to get in front of recruits after the 15th month layoff. But Mel Tucker has really, really bounced back, obviously landing an Elite 11 final quarterback, Kane Hauser out of California and several others. But we're here to discuss Texas and Oklahoma. And there are so many layers to this, Chris, but let's try to peel back some of those effects that it could have on recruiting. First, the obvious Texas and Oklahoma can expect to recruit better. I, I think this could do wonders for both of those programs. Yeah, absolutely. We totally agree on that. I think I think people are going to think it's a kind of a counterintuitive thought because you're going into a more difficult conference. You're probably going to lose more games. But the SEC footprint means so much in recruiting. It's I don't cover recruiting full-time anymore, but I remember I used to cover Texas. And whenever we would talk to recruits in the state, a big thing that always came up in Texas A&M versus Texas was Texas A&M having the advantage of being in an SEC, an SEC school. That really matters. If you look at the draft pick production every year, I believe the SEC on average has more than double the amount of draft picks as the Big 12. 
So that's a pretty significant chip. And when you're Oklahoma and you're Texas, teams that have been recruiting at a top 10 level uh, for quite a while, Texas, even while it struggles, is usually around the top 10, sometimes even higher. If you're going into the SEC country, you can now go talk to some of these like kids in Louisiana and Alabama and Mississippi, and you could sell them on playing for an SEC program at a program like Texas or at a program like Oklahoma. That's a huge advantage for both teams, I think. So Texas A&M, that, that was kind of the key word that I heard there. They have been right now, I guess, in the current status and in the current landscape of college football in a very prestigious and and, and I want to say fruitful area, right? Because not only are they recruiting the state of Texas and keeping some in-home talent close to home, but also they're recruiting to the SEC appeal. So not only were they able to land recruits closer to their own campus, but also also saying, hey, you can stay close to home, but play SEC football. That's that's going to go away if Texas and Oklahoma join the conference. It's going to become harder for the Aggies to recruit. And I think that's why we're seeing some pushback, not only because AM wants to hold that prestige and they want to be able to say they're the only school in the SEC, but also... I think from a recruiting standpoint, if you look ahead five, 10 years, that appeal and, and that extra layer of maybe kind of the bonus points that you would get if you were a Texas A&M recruit saying, I'm going to go play SEC football, that's going to be disappear. That's going up in smoke. And it's going to be a little bit difficult for A&M to really win some of those battles that we've been seeing them win. To be fair, I do think Texas A&M will be fair and we can maybe, it will be fine coming out of all of this. I know a lot of people are talking doom and gloom and we can talk about reasons why I think they'll be okay in a second. But I do agree. It is going to be more difficult, especially in those head-to-head battles against programs that were formerly in the Big 12, specifically Texas and Oklahoma, to win those battles for in-state kids when you're singularly focusing on the idea that, that you are the SEC program in a state that you are going to get to play the best teams in the country every week because you could be in the SEC. Texas can now play that card in these head-to-head battles. Oklahoma and the rare, honestly, it is it is kind of rare these days for Texas A&M and Oklahoma to go against, go out head-to-head for a kid. But in those instances, Texas A&M has lost that chip that they're in the SEC. Like Texas A&M has a lot of things going for it. Fantastic facilities, a sprawling campus that I think some people are a fan of. You play in the SEC. You have Jimbo Fisher, a national championship winning head coach, kind of uh, leading the charge. So they've got a lot of things working for them. But specifically, being the exclusive kind of owner of SEC rights in Texas, that's gone for them now. And not only are they competing against Alabama or LSU to kind of keep Texas kids home. They're also competing against Texas in the SEC. And I think that is a pretty big deal. Like it's going to help Texas and it will hurt Texas and I'm a little bit. If you're a neutral and you're looking at this from just a very balanced viewpoint and you're a fan of college football in general, I think you're doing some, you're, you're pumping your fists a little bit, right? Maybe doing some, some air guitar because this is going to be electric. I, I, I honestly think that this is just going to spice up college football. It's going to spice up recruiting even more. I mean, think about the battles now between Texas and Texas A&M. Think about the battles between Texas and Oklahoma, or even the, the three schools that we just mentioned. Uh, you, you touched on it there. It, it's been Alabama. It's been LSU. It's been Florida. It's been those schools going in to the state of Texas and saying, hey, you can just head a little bit eastward and play some big time football. 
football. And now we're going to be able to see, I think, more balance across that board. It's going to be able to stretch out the number of five and four stars that are going out to some of these programs. I don't think we're going to see it as top heavy as it's been. And I think it's going to help the balance of the SEC even further, right? The likes of Tennessee and South Carolina and Vandy, like those schools are now going to be able to go into the state of Texas a little bit more frequently and say, hey, like you can come play here and you're going to be able to go back closer to home once every two years, maybe once every three years and play uh, basically in front of your friends and family. I think it's going to widen the recruiting landscape and cast a wider net for some of the other programs, not just the, the, the ones at the top of the conference. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think Missouri is a great example. Missouri for a really long time has recruited Texas, sometimes successfully, sometimes unsuccessfully. But I think the ability to have a second SEC school in the state of Texas for Missouri makes it easier for Missouri, as you said, to go into the Lone Star State and sell kids because you can come home once or twice a year. It makes things better for Arkansas, a program that really does need to recruit Texas to be successful, to have a second Texas team in their kind of footprint so they can go into the Lone Star State and recruit. I do think from a competitive standpoint, it makes things a lot more challenging for the Missouris and the Arkansas of the world to add two essentially top 10 blue blood teams from a recruiting standpoint to the conference long-term. But when you talk about getting better and the ability to kind of tap into talent reservoirs that you weren't able to before, I, I absolutely agree. It's it's great for those teams because they can go into a state, Texas, in my opinion, the most talent-rich state in the country, the state and the country that produces kind of top to bottom, every position you're looking for, the most kind of players nationally. So it, it's a huge thing for kind of those mid-tier SEC schools to be able to come out of Texas for sure. And and Chris, lastly, before we go, I think when you look at on-field results, I think fans are always wondering how is this game going to help us recruit better? Or how is this matchup with Oklahoma or Texas or whoever it may be? How would a win allow us to rise in the recruiting rankings? And I think it's going to elevate the importance of some of these games. For the most part, one game doesn't really matter. I think we always wonder, you know, how a, a you know, a Red River rivalry game and would sway a recruiter to or how that LSU Alabama game would maybe convince a recruit that's in the stands to go to a certain school. I don't think that's been as prevalent as as maybe fans would hope that it is, or there's no real big correlation there. But once we start getting into some of these games, if this all does come into fruition and there is a bit more emphasis on a battle here and there, uh, maybe for a quarterback, right? Let's say Steve Sarkeesian gets things going there and shows the type of offensive firepower that we've been able to see out of him in the past. And they're battling with an Oklahoma or an LSU or an Alabama for a certain quarterback. It's going to be I think more about what we see on the field than it would be about promising the future and promising this or that. And and right now that's kind of what Texas and Oklahoma have relied on, right? The Oklahomas are saying, we're going to have a great shot at winning a college football playoff spot. Uh, we're going to win the conference and you have a chance to win a, a Heisman trophy. If you're a quarterback, uh, Texas is always, I guess in the last decade or so has been on in kind of rebuild mode, right? And, and they've been able to sell promise and playing time and opportunity. Well, now, now, so much is going to hinge on actually producing on the field against the Mississippi States, against Ole Miss, winning a game, a game against Georgia, right? I think all of that is going to heighten and 
that's what goes back to my previous point is like, I think this for the for the neutral college football fan is the best of both worlds. We get a better conference, but we also get better recruiting battles. I'm kind of of the opinion, and this is probably a conversation for another podcast, that generally this is bad for college football. Like, can the regionality that I think makes college football great is going to be dampened considerably with this move and moves that we'll probably see in the future. But from a product perspective, what I'm watching on TV every Saturday, if you're a fan of general college football, Blue Bloods in general kind of college football, I think it's awesome. Like, no question. The ability in recruiting for... I always think of a guy like Malik Jefferson. He was, I don't know if people remember, but I think in the 2016 class, he was the number one linebacker in the country. He was a Texas, Texas A&M battle. Those two kind of went down to the wire from Link Jefferson. And had they played to that year, can you imagine the stakes for that game? Not only are you playing in one of the most intense rivalries in the country, you're going head to head for probably the best linebacker prospect in the country that cycle like that's a huge deal and we're going to see a lot of those battles as you said every saturday so that that certainly does up the stakes it certainly does make some of these recruiting battles that we see cross country really interesting i can think of a couple with oklahoma and some florida schools right now that are going to be a lot more compelling um if they're playing that season so from that perspective it, it definitely will be a lot of fun to kind of see these uh, heavyweights go head to head and they are the true heavyweights of college football recruiting. I think every year we have nine to 10 SEC teams in the top 25 of the recruiting rankings. That's now going to be 12 every year. If you're in the bottom half of the top 25, you were one of the worst recruiting teams in the SEC. That's how competitive it is. And that's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of different layers, a lot of recruiting uh, implications to come if all this happens. And obviously the the story is still developing and there's a lot of, of different angles that we're attacking. But I, I'm personally excited to what this could mean for the recruiting landscape, not only in the state of Texas, but in the SEC as a whole. And then the ripple effects that that could have across college football. Uh, you know, schools might not be able to go into the state of Texas as frequently as we have seen them before to land prospects if they have the opportunity to play uh, in the SEC and, and play in front of family and friends. Chris, it's been a pleasure. Can't wait to do it again. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much. All right. That is Chris Hummer. He's a college football writer for 247sports.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris underscore Hummer. Remember to stay locked into 24-7 sports throughout the summer for all the latest buzz and recruiting scoop on your favorite college football team. We're in another quiet period, which means unofficial visits are back through the end of the month. For Chris Hummer, I am Blair Angulo. Thanks for listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.